Welcome to... You're listening to The Wrestling Takeover. What is your name? With your host, Jordan Turner, who's always going to keep it real. Come on, King. Inside and outside the ring. Let me make myself clear. He's got the band behind him, King. It's time to take over, King. Are you ready? He's all fired up now, King. Take over. Let's go. Yo, what's happening, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Wrestling Takeover with your host, Jordan Turner. Uh, this is episode 232. I appreciate everybody joining me. This is your official AEW post-show review and analysis for February 2nd, 2022. Thank you guys for joining me. We're going to get into AEW. There's some news on Brian Kendrick. And <laughs> all I will say before I get into the report is be careful what you say on social media from the past, the present, and the future. Just be aware of what you say on social media because there are people that will scatter the globe on social media to get your ass out of the position that you are currently in. I'm just saying, man, it's crazy. But I appreciate you guys joining me. Make sure you guys go follow at the Wrestling Takeover on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter at JT Takeover. Speaking of Instagram, speaking of Twitter, I'm gonna want to do a Q&A before the end of every single of my episodes. So if you guys are on Instagram, you guys follow me at the Wrestling Takeover. You guys follow me on Twitter at JT Takeover, and you guys want to ask me any questions wrestling related, I would love to uh, answer some of you guys' questions. So if you guys are interested in doing that, again, DM me on Twitter, DM me on Instagram, at The Wrestling Takeover, and on Twitter, at JT Takeover. Follow the podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, uh, Google Play, and iHeartRadio all over podcast platforms wherever you listen to podcast i would appreciate it now before like i said before we get right into the post show we got some brian kendrick news you know i was actually looking forward to john moxie versus brian kendrick tonight on dynamite i really was i know a lot of people were doing that as well actually as i'm recording right now i have my aw a beanie on i'm representing aw you know that um, so Brian Kendrick was originally scheduled to face John Moxley in tonight's show one-on-one. I didn't even know of this. Someone sent me this and then I kind of investigated on my own on social media. And the first thing I seen was Tony Khan's tweet, which he tweeted at 3:45 PM. And he tweeted on Twitter at Tony Khan. We've made aware of the event of offensive comments made it in the past by Brian Kendrick. There's no room in AEW for views expressed by Brian. We think it's best for the tape that Brian be pulled from tonight's card as we gather more info. We'll announce a replacement ASAP. And obviously they announced it like quick. And we got Wheelie Utah, which was a great match, by the way. Listen, AEW is actually in the background right now. I usually record these wrestling shows and I go back on my own time, you know, and I watch it again. You know what I mean? To see if I miss something here or there. But 
I usually take everything in one shot. And I thought tonight's dynamite was pretty good. Thought it was pretty good. Uh, not everything was great. I'll go over every single segment, every single match, and in depth. But before I do that, you know, listen, Brian Kendrick. You know, you got to be aware of what you say on social media. That's it. No matter if it's five years ago, no matter if it's six years ago, it doesn't matter. No matter if it was yesterday, you know what I mean? And Brian Kendrick pretty much being fired by AEW before even making an appearance in the promotion is very disappointing. But good on Tony Khan making action quick to the point and also saying that he will gather more information and see what happens. Um, I don't know if Brian Kendrick is like fired or whatever, but I mean, he hasn't even debuted on the show. So clearly, I think this was like a trial run era as I've heard rumors for months that Tony Khan usually does trial runs for any wrestler that he wants to promote and bring in the promotion. He does trial runs, see how they go, and he's going to go from there. So, you know, Brian Kendrick, listen, man, it sucks. Again, you just got to be aware of what you say on social media. That's pretty much all I have to say about that situation. I really want to get into the podcast and get into this uh, review of Dynamite. We kicked off with John Moxley as he defeated Willow Utah. This was a pretty good match. Um, I was very excited for what I watched there. I'm so happy that John Moxley's back, man. He looks great. And uh, he's going to have a killer 2022. He's going to have a great 2022. Now, really, you to listen, um, I see the potential that a lot of people say with uh, really you to. Um, he's solid in the ring. He's very athletic. Um, he just doesn't really have a character. You know, a lot of these wrestlers, not just in AEW, but in pro wrestling in general, they're not really having a character. And really, Yuta is a great wrestler, but it's hard for me to get invested emotionally to a dude that really doesn't have any identity, right, via character. I was actually watching um, the Stone Cold Steve Austin uh, Broken Skull Sessions featuring Becky Lynch. And Becky was mentioning how uh, John Cena, you know, backstage was mentioning to her, what's your identity? What's your character? That's what you need. And I feel like a lot of these wrestlers need that identity. They don't have that identity. They don't have a character. They're great in the ring. They're great on the promo. But when it comes to characters, characters are really a lost art in the game of pro wrestling. They really are. And we need a lot more characters. That's not, I'm not blaming Willie Utes. I'm not singling him out, but I'm using him as an example of a great wrestler, you know, but there's no character. So it's hard for me to be emotionally invested. The reason why I'm invested in someone like John Moxley, he's real. He has a character. He's obviously a good pro wrestler, but he has that character. And we can relate to someone like John Moxley. So I think that's cool. Again, they had a good match. And here are some of the actual highlights in my notes that I jotted down. So we've seen Wheeler went for another drop kick off the top rope, but John Moxley dodged it. After that, we've seen John Moxley hit a release superplex 
And he obviously flexed to the crowd afterwards. I love that. Get that flexing. You feel me? We've seen John Moxley knock Swiller out of the ring with the chop and then greeted him with a power driver that looked vicious. That looked brutal. After that, he went for the cover, but really Utah was able to kick out at two. John Moxley then applied a, I, I would say, a pretty awful uh, headlock. The headlock really didn't look that good. Sorry. I love you, Mox, but uh, listen, man. Uh, it was a pretty bad uh, headlock there. Just saying. But uh, after that, we've seen Willie Utah. He got to the ropes via his boot. After that, we've seen John Moxley perch Willie Utah up on the top turnbuckle and raked his back. Little cheap, old-school type of move there, tactic by John Moxley. Willie Utah then hit a uh, headbutt, and then John Moxley stumbled back as he was selling. Both men are great sellers. You know, John Moxley, I feel like, doesn't get a lot of credit in terms of selling. And, you know, you got to give a little bit more respect to someone like John Moxley that really puts in the hard work, puts in his craft. And, you know, there's a not, I would say, a lot of wrestlers that really sell great. I would say there's kind of, probably count on my finger, my one finger, how many people really genuinely are good sellers. And I think John Moxley is definitely one of those people. We've seen Rilly Yuta leap down and hit another drop kick. Rilly Yuta does a great job kick. Not better than Dolph Ziggler. Not better than Randy Orton. Not better than Okada. But, uh, you know, he does a good drop kick. After that, we've seen Riller followed up with an atomic drop. An Insiguri and then a splash in the corner. Love the combination of strikes. Hit a move, hit a move. And then hit that one big move, which was obviously the splash in the corner. Wheeler climbed up to the top rope, but John Moxley uh, rolled up on the apron. After that, we've seen Willie Yuta went after him, and then Moxley hit a headbutt before diving Wheeler's head into the apron with the Bulldog. I think the Bulldog man looks so lame. I do. I think the move is, it just looks boring. It doesn't look like it's an effective maneuver. This is my opinion on that. I don't know. But John Moxley landed the Bulldog. After that, we've seen John and Orange Cassidy trade words before John turned around. And Dan Hansen provided a distraction. Everyone loves Dan Hansen, man. It's crazy. It's really crazy. Uh, towards the end, we've seen Wheeler capitalize with a huge crossbody, good crossbody, and then followed up with a German suplex in the middle of the ring for a two count. After that, we've seen Moxley planted Uter with the cutter and went for a paradigm shift, but Willie Uta ultimately escaped the move. After that, we've seen Wheeler hit an Alabama slam off the top rope and went for the cover, but Moxie was able to kick out at the last minute. Good match, like I said. Really good match. Both have good chemistry. Towards the end, we've seen Moxie leveled Wheeler with a clothesline before uploading a bunch of elbows to his face. At the end of the day, John Moxie landed a paradigm shift for the win. After the match, we've seen Brian Danielson come out. When I seen Brian Danielson come out, I said to myself, Revolution. We're coming. Trust me. I can't wait. I'm very excited. So Brian Danielson came out and he cut a promo. And it's a lot actually on this promo, but uh we're gonna read it, man. I'm gonna read it to you guys. So Brian Danielson. He came out, and John Moxley was like, 
thinking like what the fuck is going on brian danielson got in the ring with a microphone he had a stare down with moxie before asking the crowd if he wanted to see them fight the crowd chanted quote yes and danielson said for a long time he wanted to fight john moxley because of different or because he was different but he's become a new john moxley Brian Danielson noted that he was watching John Moxley back when he was in WWE. He didn't mention WWE in name, but he mentioned, quote, the other company. So after mentioning them, he claimed that Moxley was the best AEW champion. Danielson suggested that if John Moxley had a little support, he would still be AEW champion. It was interesting. You know, why would he say that? I'll get to it. Brian said that he shouldn't be fighting each other. They should be fighting together. A uh, big pop from the crowd when Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson, excuse me, uh, mentioned they should be fighting together. Danielson claimed that there's no reason why some meteor cowboy piece of shit should be AEW champion. Brian added that there is no reason why someone dressed as a dinosaur should be a tag team champion and someone whose main con- contribution to society is a vlog as TNT champion. Brian Danielson throwing bar after bar after bar after bar. Sammy Guevara, you know, uh, Luchasaurus, Jungle Boy. And I love it. I love it. I thought this was great. And uh, Brian actually continued. Brian told Moxley that they could run this place together. Danielson added that Willie Yuta is coming to the ring with a couple of jokes like Dan Hansen and Orange Cassidy. Danielson brought up Lee Moriarty, who's great, and getting him away from Dante Martin's high-flying bullcrap, and they tried the future to train the future of professional wrestling. Jim Ross chimed in with, quote, like it or not, there is a lot of truth being told. Which... Jim Ross is correct. I'll get to that in a second. As many fans likely agree with Danielson's point, Brian said that even if they don't like me, they like what I'm talking about. And the crowd obviously cheered. I'm talking about the crowd cheering me. Danielson told Moxie that he doesn't have to answer him right now and wants him to think about the greatness that we can create and the legacy that John wants to leave. Brian left the ring and John Moxie gave a funny look into the camera at the end of the promo segment. This was great. This was great. I'm not sure where they're going with this. Um, again, I would love to see kind of like a friendly competition. You know, they could become. Uh, I, I don't think this is going to happen, but during this promo, I really pictured Brian Danielson. And John Moxley being the Stone Cold Steve Austin and Triple H uh, power trip. If you guys remember the power trip in the Attitude Era with Triple H and Steve Austin. Is that possible? I mean, anything's possible. Will it happen? I don't know. They're throwing teases, though. They're talking about being the tag team champions, forming a tag team. So that's why I pictured Brian Danielson and John Moxley being this version's Triple H and Steve Austin. It's pretty interesting. We'll see what happens. This was a great promo. 
Again, at the end of all of this, if they're a tag team for right now, and then they eventually start feuding, I need to see that one-on-one match. John Moxley versus Brian Danielson at AEW Revolution. I think that would be great. I think that needs to be the final conclusion to this, I would say, friendly... I wouldn't even call it a feud. I would just say a friendly dig at one another, right, of compliments. But this needs to eventually lead to a one-on-one match because all of us in the wrestling community are giving the same sentiment that this needs to be a one-on-one match at Revolution. Up next, on listen, um, Brandy Rose, she comes off. This is the next segment with Paige Van Zandt uh, confronting Brandy Rose. Before I comment on this segment, Brandy Rose, listen, you're not Stephanie McMahon. You're not Stephanie McMahon. I feel like you're worse than Stephanie McMahon. You're very beautiful, but it's just, it's cringe with this woman. It, It really is. At least with Stephanie, it's not cringe, and I'm speaking from my point of view. It's not cringe to a point where I'm like, all right, I'm turning the TV off with Stephanie McMahon. You know, I'll at least listen to what the woman's saying. With Brandy Rose, it just feels like everything she's saying is coming off as forced. It just does. It feels like it. And that's what I got here. I don't know, man. My opinion. That's how I feel. But Brandy Rose came down to the ring, and the crowd immediately started booing the hell out of her as expected. I don't know why the the fans are either booing her because they don't give a fuck about Brandy Rose, or they're booing Brandy Rose because it's a cool thing to do. You take your poison. I don't know. I'm booing Brandy Rose because, and again, I'm speaking from my point of view. I'm booing Brandy Rose because everything she says is just coming off as like she's reading a script. And she's coming off as if she thinks this, she's um, the Stephanie McMahon boss type of character. Stephanie McMahon comes off to me as a boss. Like, what I mean by she comes off to me as a boss is her presence. She has a presence when she comes out. Does Stephanie McMahon. Here's the thing. I don't think Brandy Rose has that presence. She doesn't have that commanding presence. Right, that presence that when she comes out, it's like, okay, that is Brandy Rose. She's here to say something important. Let's tune in. I don't get that with Brandy Rose. So she came out to the ring, and the crowd obviously was booing the fuck out of her. Brandy Rose jokingly thanked the fans of Cleveland, even though they were not in or they were in Chicago. In fact, not in Cleveland. I I thought that line was extremely forced. Uh, Dan Lambert who was a heel, was a baby face in this segment. And I love Dan Lambert. Shout out to Dan Lambert, man. He's doing a great job. He interrupted and said that Brandy may have gotten a reality show, but now she needs a reality check. You, you ain't telling, bro. You ain't telling, man. Lambert said that Brandy can pretend that, quote, chief brand officer or that accent is real. 
Again, the quote, chief brand officer or your boss. That's how, you know, is that her little uh, presentation there with her? She's a boss, a chief brand officer. Like, what does she do? You know, I don't know. I know what Stephanie does, but what did Brandy Rose really do? He says, or that her accent is real. Ethan Page started laughing and Brandy uh, told him that he's only getting signed or he only got signed because he was wanted by Josh Alexander. I thought that was a great line by uh, Brandy Rose. I thought that was great. I thought that was great, man. That was, uh, was really good. Good line by Brandy Rose. Listen, I'm more of a fan of Josh Alexander than Ethan Page, in my opinion. Let me say that again. I'm more of a fan of Josh Alexander than Ethan Page. I like Ethan Page. I love this character of Ethan Page, but I'm just more invested in Josh Alexander. That's just me. The crowd was obviously relentless. They couldn't give a fuck about Brandy Rose. In fact, they started chanting, shut the fuck up to Brandy Rose. And I love it. I thought that was great. I thought it was great. It was entertaining. It was funny. And Brandy Rose obviously was shutting up her shoulder like, man, if y'all don't shut the fuck up and let me finish my promo. But this is Chicago. They're saying Cleveland. This is Chicago. Chicago is one of the most ruthless wrestling crowds in the United States. They are the definition of I couldn't give a fuck. Period. That's the vibe that Chicago comes off as. Right? They are a real wrestling crowd. What I mean by real is they voice their opinions. No matter if it's good or bad. You're going to hear what they have to say. And I love that. That's what I do on here. Not only on social media, but right here on the podcast. Make sure you guys go subscribe to the Wrestling Takeover and all available podcast platforms. I'd appreciate it. So... After Brandon Lee joked that Lambert's best fighter got knocked out by Jake Paul. Wow. Okay. Another good line. That's two good lines by uh, Brandy Rose there. Eventually, Brandy warned, slapping Dan Lambert in his face, which looked like a brutal slap. Lambert introduced Paige Van Zandt. You know, the beautiful Paige Van Zandt. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying, bro. Um, Paige Van Zandt. As she battled for a couple of seconds with Brandy Rose before the locker room rushed to the ring on a cue and broke up the uh, little uh, segment there that we've seen. Little interaction between Brandy Rose and Paige Van Zandt. This promo was great. I thoroughly enjoyed this segment by Brandy Rose and Dan Lambert. You know, Dan Lambert came off as genuine. Brandy Rose at the end started coming off as genuine, but the beginning she kind of came off as Extremely forced. But at the end of the day, that was a botch. I apologize. I pressed it while I was talking. Um, But either way, this promo segment was great. I enjoyed it. Here's the thing, though. You know how AEW gets crazy with this. Paige Van Zandt once again appearing on AEW Dynamite in the promotion. She's been hinting at wanting to wrestle. Can we see Brandy Rose versus Paige Van Zandt at AEW Revolution or afterwards? I hope fucking not. Don't. 
please don't, Tony Khan. I don't want to see Paige Van Zandt versus um, Brandy Rose. I don't want to see it. I'd rather see Paige Van Zandt versus somebody else. I don't want to see Brandy Rose. Listen, Brandy, listen. You want to wrestle? God bless you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. All right? I'm a fan. I'm just a podcaster. I just speak my mind. That's it. If it's good or bad. All right? But, you know, you want to wrestle? Clearly she does. And clearly W... Or AW, excuse me. Uh, put the segment together for a reason. We're going to get Paige Van Zandt versus Brandy Rose very soon. <sighs> Whatever. Um, The next match, we're going to move on with that one. Next match, we've seen Brody King and Malachi Black as they picked up the W. And uh, they battled Pac and Penta Jr. This was great. This was a great match. The problem is, I wish it went a little bit longer. And uh, speaking of Pack, is he Daredevil? I love Daredevil. Shout out to Daredevil. If you guys have not seen Daredevil on the uh, Netflix show, please go watch it. It's really good. Really good. And uh, right, Daredevil, right? The blindfold stuff. Uh, bullshit. He clearly has something where he can still see. But the illusion is he can't see. I don't really like it. I understand what he's doing, but like, come on, man. Like, dude, you clearly can see. You know what I mean? Like, it just takes away from the realism. But that's how I feel. Uh, this match should have went a little bit longer, but for the time being that it got, this is a pretty good match. I really enjoyed it. So we've seen, we're going to go to the end of the match here. We've seen... Uh, Dynamite come back from commercial break. We seen Malachi Black hit pack with the drop kick, and then a running knee to the face for a two count. Don't go bout to bout with strikes with Malachi Black because you're gonna lose. You're gonna look like an absolute fool. Don't do it. Brody King and Penta then traded punches before Penta sent him out of the ring. After that, we seen Penta hit a springboard flip and fired up as he did to the crowd after the move. That was a nice move. By Penta. Penta is really underrated when it comes to inside the ring. Not a lot of people give him credit when it comes to him by himself. <clears throat> and uh, same thing with Phoenix, man. I understand with them together, it's great. But, you know, them as singles, they do even, I would say, an admirable job. Right? They are really great professional wrestlers. I started to kind of see them in Lucha Underground and Impact Wrestling. That's when I started to... You know, start becoming a fan of both uh, Penta and Phoenix. So, they're really great, talented people, man. So, after that springboard, uh, and we've seen Pac and Penta drop Malachi Black with a couple of super kicks. Man, what the art of a super kick is gone, man. The art of the super kick is gone. It's not as important as it should be. It's literally a setup maneuver, and I don't like that. I really don't. There's a lot of these moves, man, that should be finishers that are just set up moves. The super kick, the pedigree, the frog splash. <clears throat> I don't like it, man. It's annoying. But Pat climbed to the top rope, but King shoved him off to the ground. That looked pretty pretty insane there. Uh, Pat hit the deck. We see Malachi Black sprayed the miss in Penta's eyes, 
while the referee was distracted. Why was the referee distracted? You tell me. I have no idea. Uh, Brody King tagged in and Malachi Black launched Penta towards him. Brody panted uh, Penta with the powerbomb and the one, two, three. I wish this match went a little bit longer, but it is what it is. You know, Malachi Black and Brody King, what's going on with these two? What's the story? You know, what? what's the next chapter in this? I'm really interested to know what's next for them. We got to get something substantial. I'm not going to discount these two men. They're going to give us something, but I, I just need some substance. We're not getting any substance right now, and it's... I'm not frustrated, but I'm wanting to see something, and we're not getting it right now. So, you know, I wish this thing can kind of pick up the pace in terms of bringing some importance to what we're seeing with Malachi Black in the House of Black with uh, Brody King. As for Pac, I don't know where this guy goes. I don't know what's going on, but Pac is Pac, and uh, Pac is going to obviously be used no matter what uh, situation he is in. So he's kind of directionless right now. So is Penta. Penta is, you know, his brother's gone right now. So for the time being, I think Penta is going to just be singles matches. That's all I can say. I don't think he's going to be in a substantial feud. If it was me, if I was fantasy booking this, I would put Penta against Andrade El Idolo in a feud. That's what I would do. That's just me. But uh, this match was good. I enjoyed it. I wish it went a little bit longer. Pack is kind of directionless right now. We got Malachi Black and Brody King. Their story. We need some substance. And then, like I said, I would fantasy book Penta and Andrade El Idolo in like a mini storyline. Just to give um, Penta some time. Next up, we've seen Nyla Rose as she defeated Ruby Soho. Uh, before that, we seen Adam Cole cut a promo backstage and said that he was still undefeated in AEW and his record reflects. Adam Cole claimed that the Orange Cassidy didn't beat him. It was a fluke and his record shows that exactly. Adam Cole shouted that he was one of the best damn pro wrestlers on the planet and he is going to start talking like he says he's the best wrestler on the planet. So he's going to talk like it. He's going to show it. He's going to prove it. Adam Cole, listen, man. You have nothing to prove, bro. You have nothing to prove. I consider you top five in the world. I don't give a fuck what anybody has to say. Oh, Adam Cole's too small, this and that. Woo, woo, woo. Oh, Adam Cole, I see it on social media, man. I read this shit. People saying, oh, Adam Cole hasn't done nothing since leaving NXT. The fuck are you... Y'all know patience. Patience is a virtue. Patience is a virtue. That's a quote from a famous movie. Can't remember what it was, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Relax. Be patient. Adam Cole's time in 2022 will come. Just relax. Right now, Adam Cole, he's putting people over. He's wanting to face new people. He's not going to be thrusted into the main event scene immediately out of the gate. It looks like when these uh, big stars like CM Punk and and um, Adam Cole and 
Malachi Black and Andrade. They're not going to be thrown right into the fire. That's not what Tony Khan wants to do. Tony Khan wants to use their star power to put over his guys that he has been having in that promotion since day one. And he's using people like Cole, uh, Black, Andrade, CM Punk to get these young men that are going to be the future of AEW and get them over. Fucking relax, okay? Adam Cole's going to be fine. It's Adam Cole. Jeez, man. People, man, just be jumping to fucking opinions too early. It's okay to have an opinion. But fuck, man, like, just relax, bro. Oh, Adam Cole, he shouldn't have left NXT. Woo-woo-woo, he shouldn't have left WWE. He's being booked like shit. A vanilla midget, this and that. You know, just ignore those type of people, right? If you're in the camp of me and have that same mindset that Adam Cole is going to be fine, it's about the long term, be patient with Adam Cole, just ignore these people that have that type of mindset and opinion because quite frankly, it's trying to piss you off. That's all that's showing me. We know as fans of Adam Cole since day one on NXT and WWE, we know what Adam Cole brings to the table. We know he's a number one player. That's how he comes off in my eyes as a franchise player. Adam Cole's going to be fine. Outside of that, man, uh, let's get to Nyla Rose as she defeated Ruby Soho. You know, surprising uh, surprising events here, man. I, I really didn't see uh, Nyla Rose winning. I really didn't. So... Ruby Soho faced Nyla Rose on Dynamite. Vicky Guerrero accomplished Nyla to the ring and was ringside for the match. Nyla Rose dominated the match early and planted Ruby with the body slam, which looked eh, looked a little off, but uh, it's my opinion. Uh, Nyla Rose followed it up with a leg drop, which looked great. She does a great leg drop. Nyla Rose does an impressive leg drop. Uh, she went for the cover, but Soho was able to kick at it too. Ruby Soho applied a submission hold as Dynamite obviously went to commercial break. Towards the end of the match, we seen Vicky Guerrero distracted Ruby Soho and Nyla Rose capitalized. Nyla Rose climbed up to the top rope, but Ruby Soho met her up there as both men were on the top rope. At the end, Ruby Soho went for the Hurricane Rana, but Nyla Rose blocked it. And then Nyla Rose hit a senton and then followed it up with a powerbomb to get the victory. I mean, it was decent for what it was. I wish it went a little bit longer. Uh, people were going and panicking. Oh, my God. Ruby Soho's been losing matches. Ruby Soho. Oh, my God. What's going on with Ruby Soho? Is she... What's going on with it? You guys really don't understand patience. Patience. Ruby Soho. She's in the women's division. Ruby Soho is in the spot. That's CM Punk and Adam Cole are in right now. There are... She's putting others over right now. Ruby Soho is already established. You feel me? She doesn't need to keep winning like that. Her time will come. And what I mean by her time will come is she's one of the favorites in the uh, Owen Hart Cup. Now, in my opinion, I'm giving it to uh, Serena Deed. I'm just saying. But uh, I think the winner is going to go to Serena Deed or Ruby Soho. So Ruby Soho is definitely going to get a prime position in that tournament. When that comes up, I believe it's in May, right? So she's going to be fine. I don't know, man. 
People were just, they just jumped to conclusions. We've seen Lance Archer. He attacked Adam Eggman Page in the next segment. We've seen Tony Schiavone interviewed Adam Eggman Page, the AEW champion, and talked about his death match against Lance Archer. That will be next week. I can't wait to see what's that going to happen. A lot of blood, right? A lot of violence. So WWE, you know, they don't like that, right? The violence. Yeah, we're going to get that next week, and I cannot wait. So Adam Eggman Page obviously was being interviewed. Jake Roberts and Dan Lambert obviously interrupted. Jake claimed that people were sitting or saying, excuse me, that Adam Engman Page was starting to act different and is consistently looking around behind him. Robert said that was fear. And Lance rushed to the ring immediately. Archer beat Adam Engman Page down and then hit the blackout through the table ahead of their title match next week. This was really quick to the point. This is all this was. It was a quick segment, and AEW kept pushing. And it was a good segment. It was a good segment. It was straight to the point. And I can't wait for their match next week. I think it should be good. But the winner, obviously, will be Adam Hangman Page. He's, I love when Tony Khan books their champions in kind of like a mini feud on television to defend the title before you know he eventually gets to a big feud that's coming up for the AEW title. I think, you know, we kind of already seen what happened here. Uh, I mean, we already know that MJF won tonight. You guys watched the show. If I'm AEW, um, I'm booking Adam Cole or MJF versus Adam Eggman Page at Revolution. I don't know. That's just my opinion there. Uh, so speaking of MJF, on CM Punk. Wardlow. He helped uh, MJF get the W. Right? He helped MJF get the dub. Against CM Punk. This match went. A long time. And I loved it. I really did. This was fantastic. So. I'm looking at my notes. I'm trying to figure out where I'm going to start. We're going to go right into. The middle of the match. So we've seen MJF use tape to choke out Punk while applying the headlock submission. The referee couldn't see it, of course, and Punk started to ultimately fade. Punk passed out, and MJF won via technicality, via quote-unquote cheating, right? The referee raised his hand, and then the tape fell out. Excuse me, he fell out of MJF's hand. It was then announced that the match would continue, and Punk rode him up for a two-count. Punk based uh, MJF's face into the turnbuckle and uploaded a bunch of punches to the face of MJF. CM Punk followed it up with an atomic drop, which looked impressive. And then a clothesline combination moves. You guys know I love those. MJF launched Punk out of the ring as Dynamite went to commercial break. We got back from commercial break and MJF went for a power driver, but Punk blocked it. Punk launched MJF across the ring and then hit a clothesline off the top turnbuckle. Punk set up the GTS, but MJF escaped to the apron in the middle of the ring. Uh, CM Punk then hit a springboard dropkick and then knocked down MJF to the outside. I love CM Punk's uh, springboard dropkicks. He does it very well. CM Punk followed it up with a dive, and both wrestlers fell to the floor. Back in the ring, Punk applied a cross-face submission. Shout out to Chris Benoit. Uh <laughs> 
He applied the cross face submission, but couldn't put pressure due to his quote-unquote injured arm. The storytelling was fantastic. A lot of people really don't give a CM Punk a lot of credit when it comes to fantastic uh, storytelling. CM Punk does it very well. So CM Punk connected with a destroyer for near fall. A quote, deep dish pizza champ broke out as Dynamite went to the final commercial break of the night. When Dynamite returned, we've seen Punk hobbling now as he was selling the injuries to his shoulder and leg. MJF bit the top rope of Punk's head in the corner and perched him up on the top turnbuckle. Punk responded with a bite of his own and hit the Pepsi plunge from the fir- or for the first time. And uh, that was fantastic. That looked like a fucking pedigree. That's what it looked like. I don't slap either one, but it was pretty good. It was still good. A punk caught MJF with the kick to the face and climbed up to the top rope. Punk connected with an elbow a la Macho Man Randy Savage. Um, after that elbow, he went for the pin, but it was a near fall. MJF uh, tumbled out of the ring again to buy some time. Wardlow came down the entrance ramp, and CM Punk was ultimately distracted. Uh, after that, we've seen MJF put on the dynamite diamond ring. Behind the referee's back and punched MJF in the face. This was pretty similar to SummerSlam 2006. Where Lita gave Edge brass knuckles. And we've seen what we've seen. Edge hitting John Cena in the back of the head with the uh, brass knuckles. Took advantage. Pin Cena. And that was at SummerSlam in 2006. We got that here. And I loved it. That was your main event. That was your episode of Dynamite. People are actually complaining that, you know, MJF, you won. I don't know what you guys are talking about, man. I don't know what you guys are smoking. You guys got to stop. It's about the future. CM Punk is established. MJF, he's getting there. He needed to win more. I hope you guys enjoyed this new episode of the Wrestling Takeover. I appreciate the support. Thank you guys very much. If you guys, again, have not um, listened to any of my past episodes, if you guys can go out and support the podcast by follow, subscribing, and rating, and also commenting on each and every episode of the Wrestling Takeover, I would really appreciate it. If you guys can go rate the podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, I would really appreciate it. They have star ratings on their platform, and... If you guys can go rate the podcast five stars, I would really, really appreciate it. Again, Q&As. I want to try to do Q&As towards the end of my uh, episodes. So, again, if you guys have any questions wrestling-related, you guys can DM me at the Wrestling Takeover. And you guys can DM me. If you guys have a Twitter account, you guys can DM me at JT Takeover. I appreciate the continued love and support. The King is out. And uh, I'll see you guys on a new episode of the wrestling takeover aw dynamite that was a good show they killed it can't wait for next week tony khan killing it and uh i'm killing it on a consistent basis y'all know what it is the king is out y'all have a good night